Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, welcome to The Guinea Pig. I'm Dr. Mariam Zamani, an oculoplastic surgeon and aesthetic doctor. And I'm Fiona Golfer, a writer and journalist. I'm no stranger to a cosmetic procedure, and I'm willing to try pretty much anything. Which is why I'm here to make sure Fiona and anyone else that's out there considering a treatment to help make a better informed decision safely and to try and collect as much information as they can. Every fortnight, this podcast comes to you from Mariam's Clinic in Chelsea. If you're looking for an honest, no-holds-barred approach to invasive and non-invasive cosmetic surgery, then the guinea pig is here to help you. Hi, we're back in the clinic with another episode of the guinea pig. How are you doing, Fee? Hi, Mariam. Well, I'm fine, except for, as you know, I've been afflicted this week. I've had a rather large spot. Actually, a large spot is too kind a word for it. I've had a sort of second head grow on my face. And obviously, you got the panicked phone call. It was the day before I was going to something where I needed to look my best. It's always the day before you need to look your best, as of far course, as I can Of course, of course. So I thought it was a good time for us to talk about spotty issues i called you and then i sent you a a, a picture of the second head which was not a spot in the classical sense because it didn't have a head it was just this enormous a little bit like a cyst you basically had an irritation or a cyst beneath the skin surface and in that situation we decided or i decided to help you by injecting a little bit of intralesional steroid injection so basically that's putting a little bit of steroid which is an anti-inflammatory into the cyst draining some of that fluid out and then helping the inflammation go down very quickly to to make it lower. It doesn't help the redness so much, but it just helps to flatten a pimple or or a cyst out. It also has some potential negative side effects, but in the low dose that I use There's always a potential negative side effect with you, Maria. I know, I know. I always have to say that because... There is always no. the, the good and the bad mm. that come together. And, you know, obviously the good usually outweighs the bad, and that's why we all do these sorts of things. And But it does take a balance. So I did a small injection in your in your little cyst. Uh, it helped a little. It didn't help a lot. I could have mm. put more. But, you know, again, a lot of these that's go down you, on there. You that are is, on the side of caution. I know. It's, it's, a, it's to a fault, I know. 
I mean, I want to say it was a motherfucker of a spot. And this little motherfucker wasn't going anywhere. So I, I, you did zap it for me the other day. You, you injected it. And I could cover it because it wasn't hugely raised. But I did think, I thought it was maybe <laughs> all the filler in my body that had kind of gathered. Gone into to one escape. little yeah. point, a little volcano yeah. of... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It was my no, but you know, on, uh, a lot of times women have a, have these little bit of cystic acne on their chin, and unfortunately, you think that once you've left puberty, that acne is is over. But actually, there are many episodes in one's life that acne recurs in their twenties. You can have adult acne, never have had acne in your in your teenage years or your youth, and then all of a sudden you're in your twenties and you have uh, acne, or you can have a pregnancy and you have acne. You can have post-pregnancy acne. You so it's can a hormonal have, you know, response. Yes, you can have, you know, monthly uh, issues with, you know, just uh, your own menstrual cycle. You can have it when you're perimenopausal, postmenopausal. I mean, uh, basically at any point. Mine felt like have. it was stress. I've got a house full of builders and um, there's nothing more stressful in the world than having builders. And I got this spot, but I also got unbelievably bad mouth ulcers all of last week. And I was thinking that, Maybe Your everything was connected because I thought it was definitely a message going on there. But usually spots are unfortunately not so much. I think the one of the big issues with acne in general, although, you know, one spot is not necessarily considered acne, but anything that appears on your face or your body, because it you think it's a reflection of yourself and how you maintain yourself, people are very self-conscious and it goes really deeper than just, oh, I, you know, you might not think that with a gray hair, you have a gray hair, no big deal. Same sort of thing. It's a blemish, but it's not anything that you're doing most of the time. So yes, this is a huge subject and one that we could spend hours talking about, but we thought we'd invite Dr. Justine Hexall to the clinic. She is a consultant dermatologist and she will go through some of the basics of acne and she will be with us in just a few moments. I can't wait. Hi, Justine, and welcome to the guinea pig. Thank you very much for inviting me. Now, you used to work for Aven, a skincare brand, before? Um, Yes, I'm an NHS consultant dermatologist and have been for 14 years. I also have my own clinic in Sussex where I do all sorts of dermatology, you know, acne, psoriasis, skin cancer, and also some aesthetic dermatology as well. I've worked with different brands independently, really, giving advice and, uh, yeah. So many things to talk about today. Today we're going to talk about all things <laughs> acne, which is just such a big topic that affects mm-hmm. men, women, teenagers, adults, and at every stage of life. So it's funny because spots are such a sort of non-word to use. When I worked at Vogue, and if we wrote about skin or beauty, we didn't write about spots. We could write about blemishes. Why you know, is that? I don't know. It was sort of like as if a spot was too ugly a thing to describe, maybe. <laughs> but I know that it was they were described as skin blemishes and not as, you know, nasty postulating. So audio. I think a blemish uh, just puts it into a big category of all things that are not oh. perfect. Whereas if you say a spot, you know, I think of a blemish, you know, if I have, you know, like a little red blood vessel showing or a little bit of pigmentation or... Anything that's, you know, uneven with the skin, but I'd call a pimple a a blemish too, but not really. It's easier to describe an acne spot as a spot. (laughs) 
I think of a blemish as being something quite sort of benign and just a little blemish it sounds very temporary whereas maybe a spot sounds a bit more permanent like it's moved in you know? yes but there are different yeah. kinds of spots there are different types of spots absolutely so on the face what are the most common spots that we encounter so on the face, and that's an important point because not everything is acne. So people come to see me in clinic with their acne, which they've been using quite strong acne treatments for, and they've got rosacea. So it's understandably getting worse. So it's kind of like differentiating your different spots. So it might be a rosacea spot. As you say, it could be a little blood vessel. Uh, it could be an acne spot. Uh, it could be a pustule, or it could be a closed, uh, what we call a closed comedoma, a white head or a black head. So many different forms of spot, I suppose. So it's quite an umbrella term. There must be so many different ways of treating. So for a teenager who's got a face covered in blackheads, before we even get to the acne that might follow, Mm. I suppose, maybe the squeezing of those blackheads. I mean, can you give yourself acne? (laughs) You can certainly give yourself uh, more sort of inflammatory or sort of deeper lesions if you start um, squeezing I think the main problem when teenagers start getting acne I think this is a time to get in there and quite often if I'm in clinic and I'm seeing a teenager with something else and I spot they've got quite early acne I do often say should we have a little chat about your skin too because I think if you can get in at that very early stage this sort of micro comodomal stage or the sort of where you've got sort of blackheads or whiteheads you can probably halt the progress a little bit but what happens is and I, I have teenage children so I know what happens they go onto uh, sort of certain channels and start using every single treatment available so they have a 10 point skincare regime they start waxing and sort of you know sort of you will using face masks and really strong astringent washes and it's all strip 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 so it, immediately if someone's got inflamed skin and acne is an inflammatory skin process the worst thing you can do is start making it more inflamed so over cleansing it with stronger stringent like alcohol based uh, very soapy uh, products which are going to change the natural uh, acidic ph of the skin is going to make it dry and irritated and actually make the situation worse so getting in early and using a very gentle or sort of much more sort of i suppose intelligent skincare regime is a good idea intelligent skincare i think is always the most important i think people as you said are misguided there are so many claimed experts. They're not experts in what they're claiming to be. They ha- they have a, their own scenario, and then all of a sudden, a few people follow them, and they've become mm. the guru in you know skincare or what's important in skincare. And I think for what I see, I, I sometimes treat people from uh, that have uh, acne scarring or pigmentary remnants from previous acne, and I see how actually long after the spot is gone they're still having the ramifications of the process that happened there before and I think that leaves a great impact on them in terms of psychologically in Mm. terms of confidence and um, yeah I guess it's something more than confidence it's it it can shape their personality when if it happens at at such a young age and I, I always think that you know spot versus blemish the one negative thing that I, I seem to think is that people are always like, oh, it's the food you eat or, yeah. you know, so uh, they don't think of it as a it's a medical problem that has a root cause to it that can be exacerbated by certain things, but yes. most of which is not in their own control. And I think that sometimes that that's, you know, that, so can that can be very traumatizing. Busting? Can we myth bust? Let's start with um, what causes our acne? teenage kids. What's going to... S- that it's obviously a hormonal thing that starts. 
Absolutely, which is a really good point because I'm often asked about hormonal acne. Well, by definition, acne is controlled by hormones, so it's all hormonal. So when you're a teenage, you have a change in your hormones. They drive up the oil in your skin, the sort of skin cells which block the pores, and then you get this inflammatory skin condition, acne vulgaris. So yes, it it, it is it is hormonally based. So for my on my teenage daughter, she didn't have acne, but she had spots on her face. But my son has what I think is probably acne on his back. Is that a more common boy-girl thing? So that's really interesting. So you said she hasn't got acne, but she has spots on her face. Occasionally. (laughs) She doesn't have what my son has. Yes, okay, so exactly. (laughs) Sorry, split the hair. <laughs> but, um, so, so she has, as you say, a mild acne, but your son may have. But you see, that's interesting as well. So when I see teenage boys with acne on their back, then it might be acne. But we have to remember that if you're going to the gym and you're sweating a lot and you're in a sort of got a warm sort of maybe not a cotton top on, then you might um, have a yeast infection causing a sort of folliculitis, or it could be other bugs. It's not necessarily again acne. So it's very important. Back to your point, Mary, that we know that the people that see you, um, that, that's what they used to seeing because there are there are always what we call differential diagnoses exactly i think that word spot is is too broad a term to describe everything that's possible and that's why it's so important to seek expert opinions and not just self-diagnose because sometimes they do look very similar and it's the trained eye that knows the difference between you know an acne vulgaris spot versus mm. a rosacea spot or a folliculitis or you know something else that might be on that differential yes definitely can we miss bust the food? Okay, so I think the the association between food and acne is still in evolution. I think there's still studies going on, but I don't think it's an entire myth in that I think if you have lots of sugary sort of foods, you get a spike in insulin, which can be pro-androgen, so pro-also testosterone-type drugs and hormones, which cause oil. So I think there is an association. There's some studies that suggest possibly semi-skimmed milk because the process of going from full fat to semi-skimmed might uh, increase sort of androgens but I think the important point is it worries me when someone comes into my clinic who has stopped all food groups because they have acne and as you say that's not a good thing and that they're missing out on really important nutrition so I think before people ban all food groups they need to really think about their diet and a healthy varied diet is incredibly important. So all of these sort of oat milk, almond milk, soy milk Non-dairy milks, Non-dairy milks. So, you know... They're You're shaking your head and... No, I mean, I, 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 there's, no, there's, no, there's no strong sort of um, research surrounding that. As I said, there's some tentative association possibly with lower-fat milks, but I think that further um, evidence is needed around food and, and acne, but on the whole, um, and I think you touched on the point, it isn't to blame the person has acne because they're not washing, because they're yes. having a poor diet. Usually it is purely down to hormones, but you can help yourself with healthy diet things you know eating foods which are good for your skin that's going to help but I think definitely with yeah. my son I see when he cuts out yeah. sugar and he has a real sugar for sugar but when he cuts out the sugar the, the the acne gets better and when he's exposes his skin a little bit to the light yes I tell him to change his sheets very regularly because I I, I know that you shed so much yes. and that a, a lot of young people when they first move out of home it sounds silly but they don't change their sheets as often as yes. they do probably their parents and so they don't realize they're shedding they're putting their hair gel they're putting all the waxes they use and is it a myth that there's so much kind of junk that comes off on your on your bed sheets yes you're moving it around your body yes i suppose so i am not <laughs> i heard it uh, the yes. other day i uh, thought it was uh, a very 
very good point. Yeah. That we lose well, you so spend a lot of time in your bed, so in it's bed. true so what you spend about eight hours. Yeah. Keeping yeah. your sheets yeah. clean, it's yeah. very important, no, especially for kind of hormonal kids. Yeah, no, I think that's alone for us. Uh, yes, keeping. But but also it's interesting you talk about sugary foods and I quite often see um, patients of mine whose acne is clear they go to university and within two months they're back to see me because their sleep patterns change they're not having as probably as good a diet they're probably having more sort of yeah. sugary foods they're stressed you know lack of sleep you know stress etc we know that associates inflammatory skin conditions so um, and when we're tired and stressed we probably eat more sugary foods it's a bit of a cycle yes. as well it's you know. a catch twenty two they is, all yeah. you can become stressed because you have acne and then yeah. therefore create a self-perpetuating cycle which is really horrible yeah so in so terms of you'll be using retinol all the time and just what, what about the sort of retinol busting <clears throat> Yeah, so um, I, I think that there's been quite a lot of shift in how we manage acne. Uh, it's um, accepted much more now that it used to all be about P acnes or, or the, and the acne bacterium, but now it's, we're focusing much more on that early inflammation. So inflammation is there at the beginning of acne quite often rather than sort of later on in acne, and it's important to reduce that inflammation for lots of reasons, not least when, because... When you say inflammation, just for our listener, what do yeah. you mean? Like, what would they see when they see... Inf- like when you speak of oh, the inflammation so if you see inflamed skin it's red it's you know it's irritated it's sort of inflamed skins and you obviously have that uh, you know so you see that clinically but it's also happening at a sort of a subclinical right. level as well so retinoids are very good at reducing inflammation I think that in the past we have been far too reliant on antibiotics probably more because they're for their anti-inflammatory effects rather than their antibacterial effects and I think that whilst antibiotics are still used in acne they should be used for a short period there's not a lot of evidence for using much beyond three to four months and focusing on topical treatments I think is important so I I go to a retinoid you know that's the first port of call for me quite often Can you buy it over the counter? Uh, You can get sort of weaker retinols but if you want to have an acne based sort of um, retinol they're really prescribed yeah, your adapalene, sort of 0.1%, 0.3% will be prescribed. But I think retinoids are underutilized, and I think antibiotics are overused in acne. And what age would you start acne treatment? When they've got the acne, you know. So uh, some I see some patients at 10 who've started to get sort of really? acne. Yeah, absolutely, yes. So... The key for me is to start the treatments, topical treatments, effective topical treatments early on. When you use retinoids, they're very hard to use. People, you know, if you're given a tube of retinoids and told, you know, good luck, you'll be back because you'll put it on the face. Your face will peel off, you'll be red, you'll be inflamed, you'll say, oh my God, I hate this doctor who gave it to me, I'm allergic, exactly, and then you'll throw it in the bin and then not use it and say, my acne hasn't changed, or for whatever reason that you're using it So you have to use it in a very precise way um slowly Uh, so you introduce it slowly and you make sure whilst you're using it that you've got a really gentle skincare regime so the first thing i do is stop all the paint strippers you know and say we're going to use a very gentle wash it sounds counterintuitive but you have an inflammatory skin condition and we need to keep your skin barrier as healthy and calm as possible and then uh, we'll introduce the retinoid but i recommend a moisturizer half an hour afterwards don't use it every day introduce it maybe twice a week at first and build up to it so and what would what would you recommend as um to our listener as a 
as a gentle skin wash. Um, so I like Cetaphil. There is the Effraclar range, uh, which are specific for acne, La Roche Posay. Is this available sort of on the high street? On yes. the, in boots, yeah, in absolutely. Boots. Absolutely. Okay. You can uh, use Aven, have your gentle skin washes. So all of these products, you know, just using a gentle skin wash is a good idea um, because you're using a very strong topical treatment and even the most robust skin will start to feel irritated. And finding a moisturiser, that's another myth. If you put a moisturiser on the skin, you're going to get more Spots. Absolutely. Of course, if you put a heavy oil-based or greasy petroleum-based moisturiser onto skin, yes, that may be what we call comedogenic or pro-acne. But a lot of moisturising lotions will calm and hydrate the skin and won't exacerbate the acne. And it will mean that you will tolerate a very effective treatment in a retinoid. So what do you give as their guideline in terms of when to have something more than a retinoid? So do you just start the retinoid initially and then add more as you go along or... Yes. So, for example, I tend to give a combination of a retinoid with benzoyl peroxide. I think benzoyl peroxide is very useful because it helps against antibiotic resistance. And so I will tend to combine the two. So benzoyl peroxide breaks down those little sort of whiteheads, etc., uh, with your retinoid. But again, it's quite a strong combination. So, so in- these are all things that you... These are prescribed. These are prescribed. prescribed. These are prescribed. These are active treatments for for acne that you will get from from your doctor, really. It should be one of your first line treatments. And then what's your second line? If that's not enough, they come back in a few months. And how long should you give? Uh, I always think that's an important point because sometimes people think there's a miracle cure that, you know, you use it for a couple of days a week and your, you know, my acne or whatever the blemishes on the skin will go away. And I I find that we don't have enough education amongst the general public to be able to say, no, you actually have to give it, you know, a few few weeks in order to be able to... Also, teenagers, not the most patient... No, no, they're not patient. In the world. So whenever I've tried to get mine to use something, I know that they, they sort of, there's a burst of, oh, mum, can you, you know, can, can I go to the doctor and get something? And then there's a tube lying around, abandoned, yes. and they're, you know, they're teenagers. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, you're so right. That's a really good point because quite often by the time someone comes to see me, they will tell me that they have all treatments have failed. But when you take a history, all t- all, all treatments have been abandoned or yes. lost. Yes. Uh, or, <laughs> there's or, a difference. There's like a difference. My diet. Yes, that's right. So, so that's that's important. Uh, compliance is incredibly important. And and the point I would make that if you do use a really good skincare regime, which is going to be very calming and hydrating, etc., to the skin, and, and will accompany a retinoid well, your compliance will be much greater. Do you find it's harder to get boys to comply than than girls? There's something about boys, you know, persuading them to use a good moisturizer, or that still I feel easier to kind of get my daughter to understand. I think yes. that's the changing. benefit of using it. It is changing, mm. but honestly, if you left it out in my house, I know that she would probably, even though my I, he's going to kill me for saying this on the podcast, <laughs> but even though I'd say my son's back knee is, is definitely more extreme than anything my daughter's ever got, I can get her onto skincare regimes. Easy. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah. Well, I suppose it's on his back. He can't see it. He's probably quite busy with his life. Well, the yeah. girls that he likes can see it. That's the problem. Yeah. It's not as evident as something that someone, when you speak to them, you see their face at the first port of... It's It's not, but it's... It's, it's still there. It's big. Actually, I wanted to ask you about scarring because I saw a friend of mine this morning who's obviously in her youth had bad acne and her face was full of acne scars. And I said, why don't you get those filled or surely there's a way of smoothing out mm. acne scars, which I was surprised that she hadn't. But can one, as it were, I know that you talk <laughs> about how you filled an old I had a like chicken, a chicken scar. scar. I She's got lots it, and lots yeah. and lots of what I call like perforations mm. that I see, acne perforations. Can those be filled? Yes. So there are different stages of acne. Yeah. So there's mild, moderate, uh, severe. There's there's just macules, papules, pustules. Yeah. So cysts, you know, there's, there's a lot of different ways to describe you acne, it, which, it, yeah. which I think we should go through. But the inflammatory process of acne can, in its footsteps, basically leave these depressions or scars. And there's different kinds of scars that can result from acne. And some of those scars can be treated topically after the acne is under control or has gone away. So I I do treat some of those post-acne patients with different lasers, either fully ablative or fractionally ablative Mm -hmm. lasers to uh, help with the depression and help improve collagen and skin production. There can be subcision where you use a needle to glide beneath the scar to help lift the scar and tether those, those strands that are holding it down. Sometimes I do that in combination with filler, like a hyaluronic acid-based filler that helps then lift and fill that scar. Um, Sometimes I feel that once you've even done that once time, one or two times, the scar doesn't necessarily even come back the same way that it did before. So it can be more of a long-term sort of treatment. There's hyperpigmentation that can happen in people who have color in their skin so I think why don't we go through like the 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 types of acne and whether it's just an open blackhead a whitehead whether it's a cyst we can kind of discuss how those can each be treated that's right because it's important to differentiate between your whiteheads or your closed comedomes your comedomal acne so blackheads whiteheads um, with more sort of pustules or cysts because the treatment will be different uh, to a degree so for example if someone comes to see me with very severe sort of cystic acne I'm not going to sort of immediately say well I think what we'll do is we'll treat with topical treatments because you want to be careful about scarring and what I would say though interestingly is we always assume that the very severe acne causes you know the most scarring but actually moderate acne if you look at studies show that can cause significant scarring so we mustn't dismiss uh, sort of what we consider to be mild to moderate acne so if someone comes to see me with very early sort of maybe what we call microcomodomal acne little bumps little basically bumps under on the, the skin, skin then I probably would just 
suggest the right skincare regime you touched earlier on maybe hair oils and things little things like you know some sort of fringe and they're using lots of products that can cause a sort of a, a sort of acne of the forehead area um, and then a topical treatment which they'll stick to and that can make a real difference if someone comes to with moderately severe acne again I will still consider using topical retinoids I might do different things so I might give a retinoid but then I might consider combining that with some light peels some light treatment to try and sort of calm down some of the inflammation so physical therapies as well as topical therapies can work well just one caveat there if I am giving retinoids I'm very careful about uh, light sensitivity uh, so you have to be careful if you're going to start lasering patients that there's a gap between the retinoid and using a laser for example they are compatible with LED light I think that's sometimes underutilized I often use a bit of LED maybe with a, a light mandelic peel and that in combination of retinoids can work really well I personally love mandelic acid peels because yeah as it's base it also helps with inflammation yeah. not only that but pigmentation Patient, too exactly. so i have very few breakouts but once in a blue moon i get something on my chin as i have today incidentally and i'm treating with we this got one funny, together yes we did um, it's like getting your period together when you're at school i feel the problem is is obviously most important which is do as I say, not as I do. Don't touch anything because the minute you know you touch something and you create more inflammation, you're more likely to to have uh, post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation or, for layman's <sighs> term, just a dark spot that doesn't go away for months yeah. at a time. And that's always a lot harder to get rid of than hmm. the, the pimple might have been to begin with. Do you use azelaic acid for pigmentation? I love azelaic acid. It's an anti-inflammatory topical treatment, really. It reduces inflammation. And we might use it, for example, in rosacea. You use it for rosacea. Okay, so again, it's something that would be prescribed. It will be prescribed. But you can you can find it in topical washes yes. too, for instance. So my yeah. cleanser, uh, just as a side note, my cleanser has a mix of azelaic acid and lactic acid as well, just but different kinds of acids, but it helps in terms of creating a more uh, brighter complexion. So just as a sort of um, idiot question here that I'm popping into the middle, because I am the idiot in the group, but and I know it's such an idiot question, but... There's no bad question. How no, there's important the is it? Because I don't really wash my face at night. There we are, the big guy. <gasps> I don't, I know. And I just kind of fall into bed and I think, because I don't really wear foundation and mm. I don't really wear makeup on my face. And so I can go out and I, I wake up and I wash my face in the shower in the morning. And that's why I do my face wash. I have but you go outside, wash. you're in pollution. Yeah, pollution. <laughs> you live in London. Yeah. Car exhaust. I know. I mean, I'm a bad person. I know. <laughs> I'm person. <laughs> you're not a bad person. But I, but I know many. Yeah like me you know there are there are my kind we are around and so but but I would tell my children obviously the opposite to all of my rules which is do I wash my face twice a day should I be cleansing twice a day would I be overstimulating my skin if I did and I think that's a really good point so probably your skin barrier is quite healthy don't judge me out there no sometimes if you're you know people over cleanse Mm. and so the quick question I always ask in clinic is does your skin feel tight after washing and if they say yes then we know they probably changed the naturally acidic pH of their skin they're losing water what we call transepidermal water loss so and then they're reaching for their moisturizer to compensate for yes. that bad cleansing yes. regime so on the one hand a positive is you'll probably be not overstripping your skin on the the other hand uh, which man picked up on absolutely is there's I'm so dirty. much pollution left in the skin will eventually upregulate inflammation and unfortunately enzymes which break down your collagen so you really premature need to try aging. and get that you need to make sure did you say premature aging I, did. <laughs> I knew that would get you and 
such a bitch. So that's right. So it, it, it leads to a lack of collagen, and also studies show pigmentation as well on the skin. So it's really important that that is removed from the skin. The other thing I would say, it's a mass opportunity at night to sort of put products onto your face because you're you're in bed, and it's a time of regeneration of the skin. So mm. that's your time to put your antioxidants on. I blame my grandmother. So honestly, rhythm. my grandmother yeah. used to say to me, "Just don't mess with, don't touch your skin, don't touch your skin." The the less you pull it around, and I'm not saying she was right. But it's such kind of old wives, you know. You and remember these awful things, and it's so right in so many ways. Yes. You know, I like you never know. pull your never yeah. take your eye makeup off outwards. Always pull your skin inwards towards your yep. nose so that you don't create lines. Yeah, there've been some pilot studies, and they're looking at skin barrier and looking at children and not overwashing children and keeping exactly. their skin very healthy. So there's so much about that which is true. But the problem is, um, walking from the tube to your work, etc., you are exposed, unfortunately, increasingly to pollution. That's so should one in essence be getting one six seven year old to have a sort of cleansing regime if you like the danger of that is they will start using your expensive cleansers well that's what's happened to me all of those cleansers (laughs) when my kids were little Mm. there was this sort of rush of I can't remember what the names were now but there was this sort of very natural products that everybody Mm. was using to clean their children's face with and it was the beginning of that kind of child cleansing I think you were talking about you use SPFs on your children from very young and so but when I was a child, you didn't touch your face until you were about 14. Yeah. You know, it's just like soap and water. It was, that was the yes. culture. Our skin is not suited to detergents on mm-hmm. our face. I had a patient once who had the most awful rosacea, and it was terrible. I think I was the fifth dermatologist. I was really was the last chance saloon. And uh, it was terrible, his rosacea, and he seemed to have had most treatments. And um, we were talking about, you know, really strong drugs to treat his rosacea. And then I took a history, and he was a mechanic, and he was using turps to uh, uh-huh. wash his face so and we oh stopped that God. and everything went away uh, yes. imagine so that our skin is not suited to strong things like washing up liquids you know sort of soaps no. etc that's up there with making babies through your tummy button isn't it yeah that's, yeah, right. that's right yeah exactly <laughs> so a nice a nice gentle cleanse in the bathroom they can all use is probably a good idea but I, I think um, cleaning your face particularly living in a city is probably quite important but I do think that we tend to use bathing as a punctuation now so people use it to wind children down and put them in a, in a soapy mm-hmm. bath is not a great idea Idea, so. so if I've got my child, my five, six-year-old child... Yes. In a, in a bath yes what am I cleaning their face with mechanically just you know flannel to wash their face is probably enough or a gentle cleanser but certainly not sort of getting them to pick up the soap and start scrubbing their very delicate five year old no, sort of skin absolutely yeah. not I wanted to ask you that idiot question so when yes. I got my third head the other day or my second head yeah. on the side which just didn't want to go away it didn't really respond to the injection it didn't really respond to the pad just took its time yes. and ruined my week but as I was having this spot I was also having kind of a really outbreak of mouth ulcers which right. I do get from time to time is there any correlation is a mouth ulcer a sort of spot of the mouth as it were and no a mouth ulcer can indicate um, so sort of many things so um, it could be that you're run down you may have had a low-grade viral infection etc when you're run down you know it stresses the body and uh, we know that stress can be associated with skin issues so I suspect it's just a marker of where you were maybe you had some low-grade virus etc no I felt you know I was tired yeah. and I was stressed and yeah. definitely I had the um, mm. I had the ulcers and I had the thing and I want to ask you another very glamorous question yeah. I want to ask you <laughs> I want to I always ask the glamorous questions so spotty bottoms I'm obsessed by spotty bottoms and why is it so hard to get rid of a spotty bottom and and is it a different kind of spot because to me 
the spotty bottoms that I know of. You know, a spot comes and then it just stays there. It's yes. just not going anywhere. It's not a spot with a head. It's just, what is the spotty bottom? Okay, so again, it could be many things. It could be a folliculitis, so you've got inflammation of the follicles. It could be a skin bug, which is causing infection and uh, causing multiple little sort of spots on the bottoms. It could be more of a cystic lesion. You know, sometimes when people have sort of cysts around the bottom area, maybe the groin, we call that hydradenitis suprativa. And that's associated with scarring. It could be just, yeah, a, a boil, you know, a, a staphylococcal sort Is of it, boil. Can I ask, just to spell a couple of old wives' mm. myths... Is it to do with how we dry ourselves? Is it to do with proper drying and or, well, you know, sweatiness? Yeah, and so again, going back to my sort of gym sorry theory. Sorry the glamour. That's all right. So if, you're, if you've got sort of, we've all got skin bugs on us, but if you're going to the gym, you're sweating, etc., you're being amongst gym equipment where other people have been probably sort of spreading some of their sort of germs, then you, you are at risk of, of, of probably getting a folliculitis or infection in the follicles. And would something like dry brushing help that? Or? Well, that, then you're touching on something else called keratosis pylori is a term and this is where you get sort of um, um, oh, skin bumps. little bumps and oh. you can get bumps on the thighs the, uh, yeah. the upper arms the bottom area yeah. and they can become sort of inflamed and, and look like sort of spots so you could have um, so a bit of maybe some dry brushing or things that can help to unblock some of those follicles would help you occasionally I do see um, what we call a pseudomonas infection and in people's sort of bottoms or other areas of their skin when they go into hot tubs so I tend to get a little run from a gym sometimes so I feel like throwing the gym and saying, <laughs> and saying you know hi I've been watching yeah, you. you it's, yeah, exactly. Can I have free membership the next five years? Unless I won't say anything. But uh, um, so I, I think sometimes you know you've got to be careful with things like hot tubs. Would that work as well in say public pool? It tends to be more in that sort of environment of a sort of Where you know more heat. I, yeah, public pools are just full, they're just one big sort of chlorine, aren't they? Sort of I don't think yes. anything would live in there really, which is lucky because I see what children do in there. But uh, yes. <laughs> uh, but it tends to be that warm sort of uh, sort of environment. So people at home need to be careful making sure their hot tubs are clean. Okay, that's really interesting. Yeah. How about the toothpaste overnight? I, well, do you believe I, in that? Well, I, I do occasionally do it, and then yeah. and my husband says, "But aren't you a dermatologist?" And I can't really answer why I'm doing it, but because I did it at 15, I think well, it kind of worked at 15, and um, so I do it quietly. <laughs> and you also said that you like pseudo. Yeah, pseudo creams are really good barrier cream. So. If I have like a sort of a slight <coughs> bit of inflammation or X around my lip, I might put a bit of pseudocreme on. I do think it's interesting. I think being a dermatologist, I know I'm so prone to eczema, to rosacea, but I don't have them because I know exactly what to do. What the to minute do. something comes, it does so, make a difference. Just because you're here and it's yes. free. <laughs> <laughs> Last week, while I had my my second head, I also had this thing that happened on the bottom of my lip here, which feels like very flaky little patch of dry skin yes. I've been scratching it yes. it's Don't irritated yes. it was sort of sore and flaky what, okay. what, kind, what is that what it's not the first be? time I've had that okay it's so if it's if it feels sort of itchy and irritated and you keep mm. licking it to try and sort of settle it down then that might be what we call lick eczema so you get and that often comes at moments of real stress so you have a moment of stress I can feel it myself I've had a meeting and I'm finding it slightly stressful I feel a tingling which is so interesting mm. isn't it how that stress mm. immediately translates into the immunology of your skin really so um, the key there is to use something to reduce that inflammation and to also protect the skin barrier because if you keep licking it you'll make it worse so I use a Lipicar stick so Lipicar it's a um, Lipicar AB balm stick which is which it, 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 um, helps to reduce the inflammation 
or just a bit of Vaseline, um, a, a waxy sort of moisturizer to protect the skin. Barrier. Always something in for fee. Always <laughs> something in for fee. Well, no, uh, or, or a bit of steroid because it started it all my happened simultaneously. Well, my, the bottom of my lip started to just sort of felt swollen and a bit sort of unhappy, and I thought. Actually, I thought maybe it was to do, as we talked about, you know, um, hyaluronic acid in the lips recently as a reaction. I thought, well, my lips. And then there was just this flakiness started. I have had a house of build- full of builders yep, for the last okay. few months. I hate all of them. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I have broken out. You know, I think yes. I've, my skin's been full of dust and yeah. horribleness. And, and I've had this it? spot. I'm not, I've washed it more, <laughs> so I have to say. But, um... But then I had this weird mm. feeling, which feels like dry skin peeling off the bottom of my skin. So, and just, it, so it could be an eczema, but yeah. it could be a, a bit of sun damage. Sometimes we get them around the lip area, what we call an actin keratosis. It's a little sunspot, which can be a sign that's a slight bit of sun damage. So that will be my main differential diagnosis. Okay. Without my glasses on. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait for you to put them on. Fascinating. I think a lot of people worry about going to a doctor when it's not such a big deal. I always think it's always better to be on the side of caution for these mm. things and to go a little bit earlier. Like you said, you can control a lot of things if yes. you catch it early. So what are your three sort of takeaway points from acne? When to come in to see the doctor and if they think that they might have some sort of acne, what would be the easiest you know, three steps that they could take to try and... Uh, before they have to before, knock on your door. Yes, yes. Be- before they should come in and say, you know what, I think we I need a little bit more help. Yes. So my first step would be to be very careful what you start looking at online because there are so many bits of advice out there. And on the whole, they tend to be very complicated. They tend to in- often dry the skin out and inflame the skin. So the, my first bit of advice would be to be really... Uh, it sounds counterintuitive, but be very gentle with what you're putting on your sort of acne skin. So a very gentle wash and you know use a you know if you're going to use a moisturizer on the skin you can use a lotion which will keep the skin nice and calm look for again intelligent skincare products which are going to maybe help the skin so things that will have uh, products in them which will reduce inflammation so you're looking to reduce inflammation to break down the comedones maybe your salic silic acids etc you're not looking to strip the skin with those blands of alcohol type product and i think that it's important to differentiate uh, what may be going on so so, for example, if your face is flushing, you're getting spots in the middle of your cheeks, you've got no blackheads or whiteheads, and it's worse than the sun, it might be rosacea. Yes. So don't start using harsh sort of um, acne products on a rosacea skin. So making sure you've got the right diagnosis, I think, is really, really important. And if you're not sure, then I would definitely seek advice. Would you just name maybe two really great high street brands or chemist brands that yeah. you would recommend and two creams as well? So I, I love the Effleclaw range Effleclaw. by La Roche-Posay and it's a very straightforward uh, product which works well. I love things like Cetaphil Gentle Wash to sort of gently sort of wash the skin. The Ordinary do a salicylic sort of toner which is, is quite good. So all of those products are good, sensible sort of high street products which you can use. How um, long should you use those products before you say, oh, it's not working for me? Okay, well you need to give them the chance really, I think. So I would say definitely a few weeks you're getting into the right routine and sticking to it is probably a really good idea but I think that you know if your skin is getting worse you know you've got big sort of acne lesions which are bothering you etc then getting advice sooner rather later is is a really good idea or if you're not sure 
if you're using products for acne but it makes the skin feel worse then maybe it's not acne you know maybe it is something like rosacea etc so that's quite important should you squeeze a blackhead the danger of squeezing uh, inflammatory skin lesions is, is, is you can cause more inflammation, you can exacerbate scarring. So, so that, that's not a great idea, okay, really. So if you know. have blackheads... Uh, if you've got blackheads, then um, then I, I sometimes I think there are there are certain sort of masks which can help. Uh, Does so a clay like mask said, help? No, I, I worry about some clay masks. I think they're very drying, and I think that some masks kind of not only do they take out this sort of oil from the skin, they take off the top layer of the skin, and suddenly you're left with this really dry, irritated skin and a damaged skin barrier. If you have a big white spot, desperate to be popped on your back then I'm not going to stop you but, uh, but, but just be aware that uh, if it's really ready to go etc then a just gentle press may help it with and tissue wash your hands absolutely yeah so probably just keep, make your hands clean and say sort of have a cotton pad or something make sure it's all sterile you uh, put uh, something on it afterwards uh, you could you could put a sort of topical acne treatment on it afterwards because that probably have quite good penetration but I feel bad about advising people to squeeze off but the truth is you're going to do it aren't <laughs> I you think, so, I think yeah. it's I think I think if you are going to squeeze a spot I think we should be able to sort of at least advise you the best way to do it yeah. <laughs> I've We're never all grown been up able here. to stop yeah. anybody including myself I mean no. I squeezed my way through yeah. my teens so I <laughs> did I loved squeezing spots and anybody else's I could get my hands on but yes if you squeeze and nothing's coming out then I would just sort of hold back and, and give it a couple <laughs> of days you know let it go if it's going to come easily then yes it probably is quite nice to sort of squeeze that spot but just make sure you're doing it with clean hands and, and don't keep pressing if nothing's coming out because you probably drive the inflammation sort of deeper and and increasing your risk of scarring so yeah Thank you, Justine, thank for coming to see us. Thank you so much for asking. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. The guinea pig provides unbiased information to those who may be considering cosmetic surgery or even trialing a non-invasive treatment or product. We do not endorse the use of any product or procedure featured in this podcast and are not responsible for the outcome of any of the treatments featured on this podcast or damage caused in connection with any treatments or products. Should you decide to try any of the procedures, treatments or products mentioned in any episode of The Guinea Pig, you do so at your own risk. Always consult an independent and fully qualified medical professional if you are considering embarking on a medical procedure, irrespective of whether it's an invasive or non-invasive procedure.